need to breathe. Mercy mm -hmm. Shore. I'm Victory 91.5. It's Coffee with Corey hanging out with our general manager talking about Sukkot. And this is something that kind of has to do with camping, which this might be a great time of year to go ahead, get a tent, get some sleeping bags. Or a waterproof already, one for today. True. It's very wet out there. <laughs> If you already have something like that, you know, just make a, a weekend, you yeah. know, time or something, even a night. And I think that's really special to look back and to actually make those memories where you're together. It's just about being together. It's about, you know, enjoying each other's company and, and God, too, bringing him into it, bringing his word into it. And, you know, it, you don't have to wait for us to tell you when things are coming either. There's, you just can go to Google and say the biblical calendar, you know, uh, the Jewish calendar if you want to, but it's really the biblical calendar. And it'll tell you when all the holidays are. And, you know, why not schedule a camping trip? This is a yeah. great week for uh, for camping. It mm -hmm. really is. And, you know, everybody loves these times. And uh, that way you have an opportunity to do it in the very time where God has already said, if you'll do this, mm -hmm. I'll meet you there. Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of deal are you looking for, you know? My goodness, that's a good deal. So there are so many themes in the Feast of Tabernacles. We talked about this idea of lighting up your face glowing and, and the Word, and there's all of those kind of themes. Well, that theme of light is actually uh, comes through in a lot of different ways, and one of them steps back to a different uh, chapter uh, in Luke chapter 9 with what well, we, we know as the Transfiguration Mount, and, and that also very well linked to the Millennium. Uh, and which is, of course, links to the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, it came to pass about eight days after these things, he, had, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Okay, so anytime you see that, you know, you're looking at something dealing with the fall feast and especially dealing with either the Day of Atonement or the Feast of Tabernacles or both. Mm. As he prayed, so white and glistening, and behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish uh, at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting with him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Can you imagine that? And let us make three tabernacles or Sukkot's. So mm. he immediately, when he saw what he saw, he may not have grasped it all, but he did get the sense that he was looking at something dealing with this Feast of Tabernacles and the future millennium. So he had the kind of a sense. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now, not knowing what he said, while he was saying this, a, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. So now you're in God's presence again. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things that they had seen. Now, the other side that you should get from that is at the Feast of Tabernacles, that Hashdena, that Hoshana, that, that constantly save us now, save us now, that is actually the very name of Jesus, is God saying, this is my son. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Hear him. So that is the theme. So you, you pretty much, even in the Transfiguration, are looking at a pretty good type and shadow of this uh, millennium and Feast of Tabernacles. So Peter, James, and John, they're transported in a vision into the future to see Christ in his glory in his kingdom, the millennial kingdom. And it's interesting to note that Peter associated that time with tents or tabernacles. 
But to the Son, he says, this is Hebrews 1, 8 and 9. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. See, Jesus will be enthroned at this feast in eternity and anointed with gladness. And, of course, anything that happens to him happens also to us. So gladness or uh, a galiasis, it means exaltation, extreme joy, and gladness. So this feast is literally where Jesus is going to be you know, enthroned, welcomed in. And we're talking about this millennium, this millennial, millennial kingdom. At feasts, people who are anointed with the oil of gladness. Hebrews 1.9 says this, alludes to the inaugural ceremony of anointing and uses it as an emblem of the divine power and majesty to which the Son of God has been exalted. So we jump to 1 Kings. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. And the uh, second, this first tabernacle, the one of Solomon, was also dedicated during the Feast of Tabernacles, right? And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. That's from Luke 1.14. So you're going to find this theme of gladness and joy because of the Feast of Tabernacles aligned with God and, and Jesus and what he's going to do in the end. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. We're talking about Elizabeth there. Also in Acts chapter 2, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Uh, Jude 1, now unto him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So you'll see that theme and there's a reason for it. That's the theme of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, it's also called the Feast of Ingathering, which focuses on the role of a celebration of this large autumn harvest in the Holy Land that foreshadows the large spiritual harvest, the souls getting saved. You have Satan bound up, the saints and the martyrs are raised in the first resurrection to rule with Jesus. Everyone else is waiting for the second resurrection, a resurrection for them to be dealt with. Then it will be that all the nations who have come against Jerusalem and survived will go up each year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. That's Zechariah 14, reminding you that in that day, every single people group will come up. God's word reveals that the nations will one day gather to fight against Jerusalem. It also tells us without a shadow of doubt who will win the battle for the Lord himself, Jehovah himself, will fight for his people. Zephaniah 14. Following the battle, the survivors from those attacking nations will once again go up to Jerusalem, not to make war, but to worship the Lord of hosts, or Jehovah uh, Shavuot, demonstrating their submission to the King of Kings. This is prophesied in Isaiah 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Jehovah, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of Jehovah from Jerusalem. 
So all the nations will have a new orientation around God's will and his word as they worship him annually in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles. Their annual schedule will then be aligned with the Lord's biblical calendar. Only have one calendar. The Gregorian will be gone at that point as his priorities will be seen in their new confession to worship. So just for those of you who are living life right now and look at our nation, things, our leadership, and just the socialism and the craziness, and you think, how will this end? Uh, just like this, the Feast of Tabernacles. We we don't have to wonder where it's all going to or what's going to happen. We've already know that he's already got it all under control, and he has got a perfect plan, plan and timing to take care of it, too. Read through this, listen to this on our website, on our app. If you get our website, victory.radio, click on the blog and then also the podcast, Numbering Our Days. Later today, we'll get all that information posted.